Welcome to the Straight Out of Home Video Podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. Today we're talking about Fox and the Hound 2, the 2006 midquel of the original The Fox and the Hound from 1981. I'm Candace, and with me is my fellow Waffle Mac. Hey, Mac. Hello, Candace. How's it going? Good. You specifically asked to be on this episode, and I'm wondering why. Yes, uh, because I love the original, and um, I think it was playing all the time when I was a kid. So I saw it several times, for sure. Yeah, uh, and, the, uh, yeah. the original made me cry many times as a child. Oh, same. It has all of the right moments to it. The friendship, the relationships, you know, between... Uh, why am I Todd and on? Cooper. Todd. There we go. Todd and his... Actually, I was thinking of his, his owner, uh, Mrs. Oh. Tweed. Who is just called Widow in this movie for some reason. Yeah, yeah, so they just kept referring to her as Widow Tweed, I noticed. Like, during the pie competition, too, at the end. Yeah, so like, um, obviously... Amos, Amos calls her just, like, Widow! And I was like, wow, that's, like, not a name I would want to be known for. Oh, in the original or in the in the second oh, one? Oh, in this one. In this oh, one. I see. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I noticed he also kept calling her Woman. Um, yeah, I didn't like that either. I didn't like that either. But then I think they started to uh, play off that little teasing relationship a little bit. Oh, so comparatively, what are your feelings about Fox and the Hound 2 compared to the original? <sighs> you know, this is definitely not the worst Disney sequel I've ever seen. Uh, but it's not fact, the best. Yes, it's not the best. I thought it was pleasant, um, if a little uneven. So it just kind of felt like things were just happening. And there wasn't really anything really driving anything forward except for like them experiencing one event after the other. So like it was the fair coming into town and then it was Copper realizing like he might kind of want to sing with these other dogs, which was really interesting that this went kind of in the Lady and the Tramp 2 route in which it was kind of a, a musical when the original was not. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, Reba, Reba McIntyre and Patrick Swayze are in this movie. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> and they sing. They're dogs that mm -hmm. sing. I didn't realize that Patrick Swayze could sing. You haven't seen Dirty Dancing? No. What? Yeah. Can you oh believe God, that? Okay. Um, does he does sing he in sing, that movie? He doesn't sing, but one of his songs, She's Like the Wind. Mm-hmm is playing during a very dramatic moment. And it's very funny because he's singing it oh, while he's like okay. silent <laughs> on camera. Funny. Okay. Um, don't know how you missed that classic. Okay. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the singing strays is what they're called. And apparently like this pup and Fox are like, oh, it's a carnival. I can't wait to go. I guess they're old enough to know what the carnival is. And yes. it's it's very weird. Dixie, played by Reba McIntyre, is a diva. <laughs> yes. And she's like, I quit. And so the dogs do the show without her. And, uh, you know, Cooper is like, starts singing. Copper, Copper starts singing along. And they're like, oh. This kid's got talent. Yeah. This, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I was like, this is not really... To the dogs, it was singing, but to the people, it was like barking and and howling and like mumbling. It was very interesting how they did. Yeah, it. 
so the animals could hear actual singing, but the humans hear howling, but they're they're like, it's in harmony though. So it That's counts. The best thing we've ever heard. Yeah, these people don't need to nah. go out more, I think. Yeah. And so yeah, Cooper, I mean sorry, now I'm doing it. Copper kind Copper, of takes, yeah, takes this takes Diva Dog's place. Yeah. Uh, Dixie, right? Yeah, Dixie. Whose friend is a cat and also is voiced by Vicky Lawrence, which I thought was funny. Um, Vicky Lawrence, some people will recognize her from the Carol Burnett show and a bunch of uh, the shows like that back then. Really famous comedic actor. Yeah, I think Vicky Lawrence was actually Granny Rose. Yes, she the was. Cat, the cat was Cass. Oh, Cass sorry. Source. I, I, yeah, you're right. I totally mixed them up. It's all good. But yeah, Vicky Lawrence, for the Zoomers out there, and maybe some millennials, she plays Miley Cyrus's grandmother in Hannah Montana. <laughs> Just I did not know that, actually, because I've never seen Hannah Montana. Wow. Um, okay, so Mac has not seen Hannah Montana or Dirty Dancing. This episode is going to turn into uh, things that Mac hasn't seen. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy plays Lyle. And then we have some um, voice acting all-stars like Jim Cummings, Rob Paulson, Jeff Bennett, Russie Taylor, and yeah, Cass Source. Mm-hmm. So a lot of interesting big name people attached to this. Yeah. This mid- I, I, <laughs> I just can't get over Reba McIntyre and Patrick Swayze. It's so weird. <laughs> I keep flashing on that. And I think is this it, it was either I think I read either that it was Patrick Swayze's first voice role or his only voice role. If it's yeah, I can't really think of anything else he's done. So I just wonder like how this came about for him. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, was it something that he was like, I really want to do this? I get a saying. <laughs> Reba McIntyre's in this. Like, I'm in. Exactly. So the dream of the straying singing dogs is that they one day will perform in the Grand Old Opry. And there just happens to be a talent scout that's coming in to witness the talent show to find some acts for the Grand Old Opry. Mm-hmm. And of course, everything that could go wrong goes wrong. It's a lot of like physical jokes, like physical humor and like destruction. Yeah, so much destruction. There's so much like, oh, people being tripped over or falling. And it's like, the entire I never really air coming down. It's yeah, wild. like Ferris wheel comes down, rolling through the carnival. Luckily, no one's on board except for uh, Dixie later. Um, but she's yeah, fine. Yeah. There's no injuries. <laughs> <laughs> but it, there could have been because that thing was on a rampage through the fairgrounds. Yeah, that carnival. thing could like take a- down as many people as... Um, Superman. Yeah. Man of Steel. There was some like, <laughs> heavy, like if you think about it like that, there were some like heavy action sequences in this midquel. <laughs> yeah. Of destruction. And it was just weird. Uh, it did, it I, felt it kind of felt out of place a little bit, to be honest. It did. Because it, it just doesn't feel like a Fox and the Hound movie. No. And it also feels like, oh, look, Todd and copper are like taking their friendship for granted hurting each other's feelings and they're just learning the same lessons they already learned in the original exactly so it's kind of uh it's not much deeper than that i mean there is this whole idea that like sometimes life gets in the way and you can't really help it like um 
but I think if your relationship is strong enough, you know, if you have that bond, which obviously Copper and Todd do, um, that they can work through all the kinks and stuff like that. And um, it's just, it's not going to go perfect every time. And so when that happens, they kind of, they start to despair. They're like, oh shoot, like our friendship is is ruined. And it's just like, calm down, you're okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it just, it felt weird. Yeah. It felt like they were also like the supporting cast to their own movie. Like, yeah, because we spent they weren't so the main time, focus. like with that talent scout, for example. Uh, yeah. And then the relationship between Dixie and that other dog as well. Cash. Yes. Patrick Swayze. I have all I this written down in front of me. They draw this female dog with the, the eyelashes and looks like she has makeup on. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has that bow and her hair is kind of designed in that. Super, she has bangs. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that that aerial bangs kind of thing. Yeah, I was like, where have I seen that before? Ariel. She looked just yep. like her, but in dog form. With exactly. Reba McIntyre's voice. I, I know that look very well because I was trying to get those bangs as a kid, but you know, those defy gravity. You know what? I even think she was wearing like a black bow. Doesn't. Yep. Like, Just doesn't like Ariel. Ariel in oh the castle tour, the kingdom tour scene where yeah. she dances with um, Eric and also the kiss the girl scene. I wonder if that was intentional. I don't know. I mean, Ariel's a great singer too. Yeah. Reba's a famous redhead. Ariel's a famous redhead. I think the pieces are all there. <laughs> there, we solved it. Yep. Um, well, I would like to say my dog slept through this, so this is not for dogs. No. I don't think it's also for grown-ups. I agree with that. It was a hard watch. It was a very hard watch, especially as someone who liked the original a lot. I had an easier time with it at first, I think. Mm -hmm. And then by the end, like the last 30 minutes, I was like, this is, I kept checking the time and like scrolling. Like, it was just, it was hard. <laughs> that is half the movie. It's only an hour and six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's fine until you get to the half hour. No, it's literally a short watch, but it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, um, it feels so much longer than it is. They sing so many songs. Well, they sing the same song over and over again. Yeah, we're in harmony. There was one of them. I, there was like dude, dude, dog or something like that. That was kind of catchy in the moment, I guess. But then when the movie was over, I forgot all the songs. Oh, there was the song that Reba sings where she's like talking to Todd about how like it's hard being on top. Yes, that and was she a just, good one. She keeps repeating good doggy something god what was that song i even like wrote i was like thinking about it because she kept saying it over and over again and like i liked the initial start of it um it kind of had this nice oh it's good doggy no bone there we go okay yeah i didn't write it down because they said it so often <laughs> that i figured i wouldn't forget it but i forgot it oh i even wrote it down i said good doggy no bones kind of funny but they, Not really. they said it so many yeah. freaking times. Same and then there's the like harmony. Yeah. There's pigs singing it. There is um, goats. goats. And I think there's an elephant even. Yeah. No, when the goats sang is when I finally wrote it down in my notes. Because I was like, oh, the goats are kind of funny. Like, I like how they harmonize there. But other than that, yeah. It was oh my none God. of the songs were really standouts. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, it's 
Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't. Okay, so this film is the last movie, animated movie, to ever open with the logo with the fantasy castle in the blue background. Wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So history. Dang. History. At least it's doing something right, I guess. Making history in some way. Yep. Um, the guy who directed this, Jim, how do you say his last name? Camerad? Let me see. Camerad? Also made, yeah. yeah, he also made Little Mermaid 2, actually, which and then um, 101 Dalmatians to Patches London Adventure, which, hmm. yeah. And those uh, are his well, only three directing credits. It's this Little Mermaid, yeah, Little Mermaid 2 character design. Um, yeah, but he's been storybook artists on things like uh, Space Jam, The Grinch. Oh, cool. The Emoji Movie. Oh man. Okay. It's it, he's making <laughs> some money. That's I do not blame anyone who worked on the Moji movie except the writers and the yes. guy who came up with the idea of it. There are much better films out there, let's just say that and leave it at that. He <laughs> was better. He was sequence director of Pocahontas too. Oh man. So he's involved in all of the sequels, really. Yeah, he was he's involved in a lot. He did some Ice Age Rio too, which I didn't even know they made a Second Rio. I haven't seen any of the Rio movies. It's some. I think like Jesse Eisenberg plays a bird. Oh, all right. Okay, I want to play a game. Okay, the Rotten Tomatoes game with you. What do you think critics gave this movie? seventeen uh, percent. Very close. It was twenty percent. Oh dang! So close. Wow. So here's what some people have to say. It's not hard to see this two thousand. Six make cool as a betrayal of everything the 1981 original stood for. Slant magazine. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Little dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Um. Common sense media said milder than the original and full of country music charm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it didn't make me cry at least this time. No. Okay. And if country music you... is your thing, I mean, you'll yeah. you'll like this movie. Okay. I'll give you a hint. The audience score is higher. Than the 20% of the critics. Oh, okay, audience score. Let's see. Uh, 40. It was 46%, which I'm actually yeah. really surprised it was that high because I barely found any positive reviews. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, I got some. I got some. Okay. A direct DVD prequel doesn't sound good on paper, and this one fails miserably. Disney was obviously desperate and fresh out of ideas when they made this. The dog band isn't that great at all. <laughs> Only positive is the fact that the animation has greatly improved since original. I'll give it a pass. Joe, two stars. You know, I thought it did look pretty good, especially for a sequel, considering so many of them actually kind of sometimes look worse than than the original. Yeah. But this time um, looked bad. Yeah. Another review. I just want to hop on and remind everyone that this sequel doesn't exist. Viva La Leroy and Stitch. Leo, one star. Okay, so Leo has his favorites. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emily says something I think very interesting. Completely unrelated to the first in any way. You could have made this predictable trash with any old cartoon. There was no need to drag these timeless class classic characters through the mud like this. Yikes. One star. <laughs> this movie made a lot of people really mad. Yeah. I mean, like... I'm not going to be as harsh as Emily, but I can see what she's saying. Like, mm. you didn't need Todd and Cooper, uh, C Copper, in this. 
Yeah, she's you right. Know. Literally any duo, like, and and it would have had it would have landed the same way. Yeah, you could have put in like Pluto and Fifi. I think is Minnie's dog's name, and you know, just let them go. Yeah. Okay, Nolan says I got some really negative reviews. Okay, <laughs> um, worst Disney movie I have ever seen. Avoid. This movie will ruin your viewing of the original. The fact it went straight to DVD just shows that Disney mainly used this film as an excuse to make more money. One star. Oh my gosh. Worst Disney movie. Okay. Mm. I No, I definitely wouldn't give it that. I thought it was, like I said earlier, I thought it was kind of pleasant um, for the first half, as we, as we pointed out. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I can see I can see why people would be frustrated, especially when you compare it to how um, deep and emotional the first one is. This one just yeah. feels like it's very superficial. OK, so I want to close out on a more positive note. So Leopold says, why does this have a zero percent? I guess before it was zero percent. And was like, but aren't great. Everything else is good. The songs <laughs> are the best in any Disney sequel that I've seen. The story is well put together, and no. the com- and the conflicts seem realistic and relatable. If anybody was in this type of situation, he has not seen Belle's Enchanted Christmas because he apparently doesn't appreciate the music of that one. Yeah, four and a half stars. <laughs> four and a half. The conflicts seem realistic and relatable. Mm. When That's I get in a fight with my fox friend, you know. <laughs> like I said, the only like kind of realistic thing for me is that sometimes like y- you get involved in a project and life gets in the way and you can't have spend as much time with your friend anymore. Um, yeah. That's even that's a stretch. <laughs> I just I love this. While some parts of it aren't great, everything else is good. <laughs> Very specific. I know. And really generous it. review, like with the stars, four and a yeah, half. Yeah, four and a half stars. Well, I think they see the zero percent and they're like, this is wild. That's kind of harsh. And I think that's how it got so high to 46%. Oh, well, good for who is this person? Jerome? Leopold. Leopold. Thank you, Leopold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, overall, Mac, would you suggest this to a fox and a hound friend, um, fan? Uh, no. I- what I would say is that if there's literally nothing else to watch in the world and, uh, you know, you just want to have something on, then this is fine. But like, it's, you could do a lot better too. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. Uh, but it's just, if, if you're a really big fan of the original and you're hoping that the sequel will drive some of those points home and, uh, make you love the original even more then this movie isn't for you. Yeah. I, I just, I feel real disconnect. Mm-hmm. from the original in a way I haven't in a lot of these other sequels and prequels. And I don't, I don't know why, but yeah, I just, I don't feel like this is meant for anyone up above the age of like seven. Yeah. If they had made this, this, if they had made Fox and the Hound into a show, I feel like this would have made a good episode, but like not anything else. Yeah. Yeah, so if you have kids who love the original Fox and the Hound, they'll like this because they're kids and kids don't know any better. (laughs) That's all I can say. And it's only an hour and six minutes. Yeah. So uh, just be warned, the last half of it is going to make it feel even longer. (laughs) 
And if you're Reba and Patrick Swayze, <laughs> the Swayze fan. Especially that combo. Then yeah. Please. Yeah. Well, there's got to be like somebody who's a mega fan of both. <laughs> if they, if, if, if there is, you should send us a message. Yeah. Let, Let us, us know, know you exist. You, and what you think of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Mac, thank you so much for joining me on this little adventure. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me writing for the Geeky Waffle. Yeah, and you can find us at thegeekywaffle.com. Yeah, you can see all Max stuff and other episodes he's been on. And yeah, you can find us on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle, the Geeky Waffle everywhere else. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. We're getting really active over there, and I'm kind of proud of it. So yeah, YouTube slash C slash the Geeky Waffle. We hope you all have a happily ever after until the carnival comes into town and you join a howling dog band.